The goal of OptimalWork is to help people challenge themselves according to their highest ideals in each task. In this episode, we dive deeper into this core concept, showing how challenge is the surest path to growth. I'm Sharif Yunus with Dr. Kevin Majors, and this is The Golden Hour. Our online masterclass will give you a full framework to help you grow according to your highest ideals in each hour of work. In this four-week masterclass available on OptumWork.com, Dr. Majors will guide you through all the key ideas of OptumWork with exercises provided to help you master them. Now let's get started. Hey, this is Sharif here with another episode of the Golden Hour joined by Dr. Kevin Majors. Kevin, good to be here back with you. Hey, Sharif, great to be back in the new year. Yes. Well, Kevin, in the new year, you know, I'm always thinking about how to make the next year better and how to be better in, in this new year. So uh, the, the part of our theory and our approach that comes to mind uh, quickly is our way of challenging ourselves. And that's an integral part of our approach to work, reframing mindfulness challenge. So ideally, before every hour of work, we're trying to challenge ourselves, and that's what helps us to become better. Uh, So I thought maybe this episode, we could go a little bit more into that idea of what challenge means, how do we do it, and maybe even come up with some concrete examples. Yeah, I think that's a a great idea, because challenge actually gives a kind of, you could say, limit to how much we're going to grow. So we're limited in how we grow in any activity, but how much we're challenging ourselves in that activity. So it's it's really important, like you're saying, I think for the for the new year, you know, New Year is a great time for some kind of new beginning, a fresh start. But I think in Optimal Work, our idea is always that has to be about challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to in some way come down to each hour of work. So we want to we have these big goals for how we're going to challenge ourselves, how we're going to improve. But then the question is, how do we make it concrete? How do we apply it in this hour, in this hour, in this hour? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. So a lot of, there's a lot of things in self-help out there which are really about challenge reduction. It's about how do you live a life that's more relaxed and more easy? And I do think that those are, those are important things. You know, we do want things to not be more difficult than they need to be. So I think we're talking about challenge here. We're not talking about like making your work more difficult per se, like as if that's a goal in itself is just make things harder to do. But in some ways, it's, it's always about making things new and better to do things in a new and better way. And that's what the essence of challenge is, that you're stretching yourself. So what would be the kind of quality that I could grow in that would then allow me to do this work in new and better ways forever going on out forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, so I I think if we could just start with some of the background ideas before we dive into the the concrete examples, if that's okay. Uh, Just to distinguish, I think, some ways of challenging ourselves. So we would challenge ourselves in our work, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about is how do we work better? So if I'm starting a new project, I want to think, okay, how, how do I do this in a new and better way? Or if I'm starting an hour of work, I want to think, how do I do this hour in a new and better way uh, from maybe the way I would have previously done it? 
Um, but we're not just talking about like the product of our work, the outcome of our work uh, in the sense of, okay, I want to write something better or I want to read with better comprehension or I want to produce a better presentation. But we're also, that comes back to affect us and like the qualities that we're living uh, by doing that work. So there's an interplay between, and this kind of, I think one of the key insights of OptumWork is that there's a, uh, an interplay between what you're creating, what you're working on, and then and who you are and what you're doing, right? Uh, yeah, so how you're creating yourself with that work. Yeah, I think a way that I like to think of it, which perhaps is helpful only to me, is by describing it as transitive or intransitive goods that you attain in work. And I'm just borrowing something from grammar. We have transitive verbs and intransitive verbs. And do they take, require a direct object or not? But the idea here is like, there's some kind of good that you're accomplishing in a task that it passes into the outcome itself. So it could be, for instance, you're thinking of painting a fence. So as an example, like, so part of the good that's obtained, you know, in getting the fence painted is the, the beauty of the new fence. And so I would call that a transitive good because in a way, if something were to come on, if, a, if a, a bulldozer out of control comes through your yard and tears that fence down, in a sense, that transitive good is lost. So it was there, it passed outside of you into the fence and was hanging there. But then through the passage of time or the passage of a bulldozer, it's lost. So... Intransitive goods, on the other hand, can never be taken from you. So, or at least it's much more difficult. The uh, idea of like an intransitive good would be, you know, if you're reading something, what is the knowledge that you take with you in a sustained way? So knowledge is a kind of intransitive good. So when you're sitting down to do a golden hour on reading, one thing is that you're actually engaged with the task of reading in a good way and perhaps reading this many words a minute, you know, which, and you have, you could even set goals for yourself there. But you could also think that what there's this intransitive good, which is what's, what are you deeply comprehending and then being able to retain as a result of this reading? Now we are almost always focused on the transitive good. So that you got that report done or the presentation was a success or you had hit this kind of milestone in your work uh, or that, you know, dinner was served to everyone's satisfaction. Okay. Those are, those are all different types of these transitive goods, but that is not the essence of work. The essence of work is something interior to the one who's working. And, and if it's good work, will always result in a growth of some kind of intransitive good. There is some knowledge or a skill or a virtue or a bond that is deepened as a result of this work as you're working it. So the so so like a good test of that would be like you think of a person working on a project say for his you know company maybe he's a product manager you know, and they have, you know, this new feature that they're going to be rolling out and he's in charge of developing it. And after three months of spending all these long hours on it, he finds out that it's canceled. And at the last minute, well, I would say that if he is wise, that that need not bother him at all. 
because it could be that he gained so much in terms of knowledge and skills and even his growth and ideals and the bonds with his coworkers that he would say, this is a great time at work and it doesn't really matter. It can't be taken away from me. So I think this is in reframing. Whenever you reframe a challenge, it's going to be according to one of these things. So we always talk about skills, virtues, bonds as being basis for reframing. Ideals, virtues, I'm using right now those terms interchangeably. But those are really profound ways of reframing. Knowledge is another way. Uh, and these are all the things that stay with us. But I think they really are in us to the extent that we're challenging ourselves. That, that, that somehow challenge is the doorway by which these this kind of growth enters our souls. Mm-hmm. That's a very beautiful vision, Kevin. So, uh, so then when we're sitting down to to do an hour of work, uh, that's really the primary time that we have to challenge ourselves. The pri- the, the best occasion. Uh, I would also think that before, like you mentioned, this product manager. When they're maybe they've done they've managed different products in the past and now they're they have a new one and so th- would it be helpful for them to think to challenge themselves in the same way that they would do before and after work but now before this huge project gets underway to think okay how can I manage the development and the rollout of this feature in the best way possible how can I do this better than last time what new strategies can I try so it would be also helpful to do it kind of at the level of of a big project, but also at the level of sitting down now to do this hour of work, maybe also with a whole day. How can I work this day better than than before? So would you agree that there are multiple kind of scopes of challenge that we can have? Yes. And there's kind of unlimited flexibility here. What's imperative is that it's better than your previous best. I think that's what it takes to really grow is that you're stretching yourself in some new way so it's better than your previous best. But that can have a lot of different ways of applying. Now, if I would think that normally these all go together. Okay, so uh, if a person is going to be, uh, you know, like, like let's say you're try- like someone is preparing for a board exam in medicine. Okay, and you've taken many tests in medical school, but say you have a, you know someone who's gotten to some of the final steps of the board exams, and then so she's thinking about how to do this in the best way. Right now, if she was aiming at smiling more while doing it, while studying for this, you know this this test, that would be according to some kind of ideal. Let's say being cheerful, but maybe it's not that much into the substance of the work. So I think that we would want her to say, that's a great way of challenging yourself, but is there a way that will really help you in this next hour to actually study better and more effectively? Is there a new strategy you could use to in the work itself? So how is your, like, part of you improving is that your strategy for doing this kind of work is improving. So, and if your strategies for this kind of work are improving, great. Now, it would be like even better if you could do those new, better strategies in a cheerful way. You know, but I, so does that make sense? That I wouldn't want it to be that it's something where the way that the person is challenging themselves isn't affecting the substance of the task. 
So if you're if you're baking a cake, it's the best cake that you can, and you're trying to do it in new and better ways, and you're coming up with new strategies, and that goes for any kind of work that you're that you're trying to do. So on one hand, there's the substance of the task itself, but then even more important is you, as the ultimate worker, improving by how you do it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So then, like, how specific do we want to be with the challenge? Um, you could imagine a challenge that's so specific that, like, as I'm writing this computer program, uh, I want to, uh, let's see. I mean, one thing I'm, I'm trying to do is, is be more organized and ordered with, with my code. So it's okay. Anytime I notice, you know, a file that could be moved to a, a a better place. I'm always going to do, I'm, I'm going to do that. So that's like my challenge for this hour is when I notice some bit of disorder, I'm going to be proactive and kind of clean it up. Um, now it might happen that I actually don't notice any disorder throughout the project. And it's like, okay, did I challenge myself in that hour? So there's kind of a sense in which being too specific in advance and pairing the challenge too much with kind of the substance of, of the work, like you were saying, then it, it, makes the occasion for challenge less frequent. Whereas if I said, okay, equality, I want to do this cheerfully, or actually a very common challenge that people do for a golden hour is focus better. Yeah. That's uh, right. So I'll, I'll get your thoughts on that. Uh, but are these kind of, so how do we strike the right balance between these qualities that okay, focus better or be cheerful that maybe we can do throughout the whole hour, but it seems to not really get to the substance of the work. But if we get too into the substance of the work, it there end up maybe not being as many occasions for actually practicing that challenge. Yeah, so this is, a, it's, I think it's very helpful to look at challenge in two ways. And I think we do need both ways. The first way is a quantity challenge. And the second is a quality challenge. So the quantity challenge is the kind of, what that does is it actually specifies exactly the task you're going to be doing. So if your goal in sitting down is to write in this next hour, two pages of your 10 page paper. Okay. That, that quantity challenge really does a wonders for setting a, a limits on what you consider relevant work in this next hour. So quantity challenges do determine the what that you're working on. So if you sit down and set a quantity challenge for this next hour for your coding, uh, my guess is that that is going to, it could be that what you're doing in that hour is you're going to try to detect a certain number of misplaced folders. And I just say, because that was the example used, I know nothing about programming, but we uh, misplaced files or whatever, you know, but, you know, and then that would be then the task of this next hour is precisely to be finding these misplaced things. And you're going to challenge yourself to find a certain number of them. The goal isn't that then you meet that number. You know, the goal is that that really gets you working with optimal intensity. So the quantity challenge has an important role of just defining what it is exactly that I'm doing right now. Not all types of work allow for a quantity challenge, like brainstorming doesn't work. You know, so if, and who knows, unless it's going to be like, I'm going to come up with, you know, three different approaches to, to solve this problem. 
you know, each with three parts. Okay, well, maybe, maybe, maybe that, maybe that could work. But anyway, there's something about the quantity challenge that we need to get our left brain locked in its duration path outcome. So we have a, now an hour ahead of us, you know, and the outcome we want is whatever this quantity is. And then our brain will help come up with the path to get there. And that really holds us onto the task. The difficulty with only, only having quantity challenges, which is what people usually only have, is that you don't grow. And it ends up being no investment in you, your growth, or in your bonds with others. So if it's about, it's all about getting things done. So so let's say you're going to be studying. It's just like, I'm just going to be reading this many passages or this many pages in this next hour. That's my quantity challenge. You might miss the real boat, which is how much are you deeply comprehending and being able to retain? So the goal is that once you have the quantity challenge, then having a quality challenge really introduces a change in you. Now I'm going to be trying to become more ordered, more thorough, more creative, whatever the kind of ideas you could have for that quality. Then you are shaped by the task. So the first, you decide what the task is. And the second, you decide how you want to be shaping yourself within that task. In the end, that's where the meaning is. I think that's the most important. But somehow, then that's what engages your right brain. But I kind of think you need both. You know, it's like you need the matter and the form. And the quantity challenge is the matter and the quality challenge is the form. And that together gives you a substance to be holomorphic about it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, now, okay, just to maybe there's a third, uh, just to see how this fits in here. So quantity is is very much in the work, uh, like setting the the parameters of the scope or the bounds of the work. So I'm going to read. 45 pages in this hour. Quantity can be time or quantity of work. Um, Then quality is in the person. Uh, I'm going to be thorough or focused or ordered, intense, constant, cheerful, generous. So these are the ideals that were, I guess they could also be skills potentially. um, But so we can. Knowledge, skills, virtues, bonds. So anything in the person. Anything that transcends the task. Okay. Now, it seems to me that you can also have a quality that's in the work. So, like, I want to write a two-page paper, but I want it... Is is there a difference between I want to be thorough versus I want the paper to be thorough? Like, I want the paper to consider every possible counter-argument and anticipate it and refute it. Or I want the paper to have, you know, be thoroughly researched, have lots of footnotes and, you know, just... uh, have all the uh, references, or I want it to be creative. Um, so is there a, is it important to specify, would you say that's the same as just having a quality in you? Well, if you want your paper to be creative, you're just saying you want to be creative while you write it. So there's no difference. Um, is that right? In the end, I don't think there's a difference because you are the writer of the paper. And for the paper to be more creative is for you to be more creative. Yeah. So yeah. So in the end, no. I think those are those ultimately are the same. Okay. And then is it is it enough to so okay we have the quantity goal and then we have the quality goal. So the quantity goal is setting the kind of limits, and then the quality is saying okay here's the transcendent aim. Uh, is it enough to just say something like I want to focus better in this hour? Is that enough of a challenge? It could be. 
So the thing about setting a challenge is uh, it could be too high or too low. We talk about setting the bar, like uh, that a pole vaulter practicing is going to set the bar. And if she sets it too high, then it's going to be it's going to be discouraging. And if she sets it too low, it's not going to be challenging enough to motivate her. So there's a sweet spot for setting the bar, which is just above your personal best. So I think in the end, any kind of quality goal that we're setting for ourselves here that we want to improve in, uh, which is not just to be ordered, but to be more ordered than the last time. In some sense, there's a more implied, not just to be focused, but to be more focused than I usually am. Well, it's possible that for a given person, that is going to be the sweet spot for how to challenge him or herself. But if it becomes rote, then it's lost its purpose. So if every time a person is sitting down to work, they're like, okay, I'm just going to work on being, I don't know, it would take quite quite the uh, intellect and, and presence of mind to find that always new, <laughs> the same exact wording of just to be more focused. So the, the benefit of getting more specific partly is that it's a bit different each time. And so you just have more nuances in how you're approaching things. So maybe it helps in order that we go through different examples of types of work and discuss how this plays out. Yeah. But the idea here is that uh, there's no perfect answer for how specific should it be or how much in the task versus in oneself should it be. That ultimately the answer is what gives you the sense of a stretch as you put that in your mind and aim for it. But it's the degree of stretch you have in each hour of work that really determines how much you're growing. Awesome. Great. So yeah, with that in mind, uh, okay, one is, this is a common one because we actually have a lot of teachers using the platform. So a teacher grading things, grading papers or exams, how might a teacher challenge themselves? Yeah. So one thing is, if again, just to, I won't mention this every time, but the quantity here might be how many, what amount of time should you ideally be spending on each paper? Because you could come up with such a high quality treatment of grading this assignment, whatever it is, that it ends up taking two hours and then, you know, you wouldn't be able to sleep and teach and eat. So, um, so it might be more realistic that whatever this thing, you know, that it's like 15 minutes or 10 minutes or five minutes or whatever per, you should have that in mind. So I do think that when you're grading things, you have to have a sense of the right amount, what's the rhythm that I need going through these. Okay, then within that bounds, what would be a way of making this somehow, uh, of putting more of your whole self into it and not letting it become rote? So, so making, keeping it new. Well, having something that is like a unique insight for each comment that you try not to just have generic comments, but make the comments specific to each of the students. You know, or maybe it's a way that you're taking, keeping track of the progress of students in some kind of other book that you have. You know, in some places, you know, if you know that you're going to be writing letters of recommendation, if something is done extremely well by a student, then making a note of that. So there could be ways of, I think it's more, I was specifying it towards the student. But that also means then that each moment grading is a little more tied to the kind of loving service you want to be giving to the students. So, so then it could be that what motivates you is to be more generous in this time, but you already know it's by making it more personalized. 
So there's, you know, within that, there's a lot of room to play with, to be more understanding, to be more appreciative of the differences in students and to pick out the good things and not just get focused on their errors. So there's, there's a wide range that you could do, but it's going to be probably within that kind of ballpark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great. Uh, what about making a present, like making a presentation? Mm -hmm. Now you're talking about actually the giving of it or the making of it? The making of it, like preparing it. Preparing it in advance. Uh, okay. Again, you want to think of how much time do you have? That's the quantity. So, you know, that are, are you going to, you always want to define the bounds of the task, you know, before you start improving the quality of it. So it doesn't take over. So let's say I'll give myself two hours. Yeah. And then you might think of, uh, okay, you'd want to think of your normal way of doing it. Okay. That's going to be your baseline. So you can already have a way of coming up with this presentation. So you might have a sense of where do I most need to grow in giving presentations? And if, if you find that you are just diving into the substance right away without hooking their attention, uh, then you might want to spend 45 minutes coming up with a good grabber right in the beginning, you know, to make sure you have that. And then leaving yourself intentionally much less time to work on everything else. So that you were just putting all, you're gonna, but that way you're kind of exaggerating the time you spend. And then within that, you're going to be thinking of what's the best strategy I could use for coming up with a good grabber. You know, and so you might make up, might do a quick Google search and look up different ways of coming up with them, you know, and then experiment, come up quickly with brainstorming a few ideas for each of these different ways listed. So at any rate, that would be a way of making sure it's something totally new. And that is better than your previous way of doing it. Uh, you might also be thinking of, if I were to really, if I were to be putting myself in the shoes of the audience, what would be the way of ensuring that I have the greatest clarity in what I'm about to present? So maybe it's making sure that there's a amount of repetition built in, that you tell them what you're about to tell them, then you tell them, then you tell them what you told them, you know. Uh, it could be having more ways of having participation from the audience as you're giving the presentation. So you, in your notes for each slide, you have some provocative questions that you're going to have in mind at each slide to present to the audience to make sure they're talking back and forth. So again, you're always thinking about your normal baseline and then you're thinking about what would be, and then I think choose one way of making it better. like Because you can't improve in everything all at once. But I would say double down on one strategy for improving this presentation and then put everything in that. And, try, and then then you actually have, I think, the most rapid growth over time. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. And this is why like the projects feature on Optimark has goals is that it's helpful to think through, okay, what does success really look like in this project? And I, I liked when you th think about the audience, okay, what for, say, a presentation uh it's very common that I just go through, okay, what are the things that I want to talk about? But actually, it's, no, it's, what's the audience? What do they need to know? So it's just a challenge even to think about that. And and I think maybe a, a larger point also is that there's no thinking of a challenge. There's not really a formula for it. It's always a creative, there's always a creative element of thinking, what would it look like to do this in a new and better way? And 
to think about how to do it in, in a new way is thinking creatively about it. So there's always, yes, an, it's an always creative. Yeah. It's always flexible. It's always creative. It's always personal. And it's always relative. It's relative to your previous way of doing it. So we shouldn't think that there is a perfect way of challenge. Like there is never going to be an optimal work, a database of the perfect way to challenge yourself on every type of job. Because it's just way too personal. That each person needs to be doing the work of coming up with, okay, what for me right now is the sweet spot in this challenge? It's like the pole vaulter. You know, what is two centimeters above my personal best in this kind of task? Yeah, that's great. Uh, okay, now what about actually giving the presentation? Because you had... Ah, so I think there, the... You again, look at... There, the, what, like, is there a quantity challenge to that? Well, probably keeping it to within a certain amount of time. You know, so, so that's an element of, of, of the quantity. And then the, the quality, when you're dealing with, a, when your task involves other people directly, you're going to find it much easier to focus on ideals as the shaper. So that would be having a demeanor that's more joyful more open, more kind, more peaceful, you know, but you would want to think of what is the kind of tone that I want my presentation to predominantly have, which is like asking what's the impact I would most deeply want to make on the people attending. So you could think of what's the deepest, best impact I could make on the listeners. Think of the kinds of ideals that that resonates with, you know, and okay, then that's what you aim for. And then, you know, it might be, uh, yeah, but in some way it's like having a spirit of service and being helpful and wise and loving kind of coming through what you're doing. So people work is really privileged and that the challenge is going to in some way be much more directly tied to forming bonds with the people. In this case, forming a bond with the audience as you're giving the talk, which is a beautiful thing to try to work on. It's very rewarding. That's why people enjoy that kind of speaking. Yeah. Yeah, I think when in speaking, the three ideals that we often talk about with uh, magnanimity, sincerity, humility, generosity, those can all yeah. be great things to aim for. Um, Absolutely. Those are beautiful. And they, and they just thinking of those words will help you to be more creative and flexible. Okay, what does it mean to be more self-forgetting? What does it mean to be more generous in this thing? So it's these are sincere what am I sincerely trying to accomplish in this talk? So all of that. So, so different kinds of tasks allow more easily for these higher level ideals. They're much more directly about bonds, you know, but in all of this, the ultimate goal of challenging ourselves is not to get more done, you know, and it's not even like if you're a student to get, uh, you know, greater than 95% correct on the test which is a little bit in between quantity and quality challenge you might set for yourself if you're taking a test and that's the challenge. You know, but it, it's, it's more about how are you as a person growing? So, and that you'll see that there's something enduring about the hours of work. Each hour of work doesn't come and go like water over a rock. But in fact, you know, there's, there's some lasting eternal good attained you know, inside of us that not, somehow can never be taken away from us. You know, and, and that's the, how we grew ultimately in terms of love and service. Mm -hmm. 
Well, Kevin, that's, I think, a great note to end on here because we're basically out of time now. Sharif, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. We'll be back. Well, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to check out OptumWork.com for a set of online tools to help you engage challenge in your life. See you next week.